Former Prime Minister Tony Abbott has given a speech in London where he says the war drums are beating again. He's looking at uh, Vladimir Putin in Russia, President Xi in uh, Beijing, in China, and uh, whoever's in charge of Iran. Uh, He says they're exploiting fissures in the democratic world and blaming also the potential return of Donald Trump, who has basically endorsed Putin into attacking any NATO country that uh, owes a debt to NATO, hasn't paid their way. Um, And also far-left social activists as creating fissures that these dictatorships can exploit. Michael Shoebridge, Director of Strategic Analysis Australia. Michael, it it seems we're moving from post-war into pre-war. Well, Matthew, yes. Uh, The the world is simply a more dangerous place in 2024 than it was just a few years ago. So 2020, for example, we've got two big wars that we didn't have then, one in Europe with Putin having attacked Ukraine Mm. and now an escalating conflict in the Middle East. And in both those cases, we had the world's diplomats and democratically elected leaders saying that uh, deterrence was the thing, and they were warning um, they were warning Putin against the costs of a war. He did it anyway. And Israel discounted Hamas's willingness to really incur the enormous costs that they have, yeah. and they thought that would deter Hamas. So deterrence has failed both times, and we have two wars. All right. Now... How do we how do we counter that? I mean, here in Australia, uh, successive governments have been criticised for not doing enough in the defence space, not arming the army, the navy, and air force sufficiently well. Uh, I suppose you could point to the buying of joint fight striker planes uh, in the air force and the ordering of the Orcus subs down the track. I mean, they're they're a decade and a half, if not more, off at this stage. So we're we're not. You're not going to see them very quickly, but we're not prepared either, is essentially what it boils down to. No, well, we've had the previous government and the current government say how urgent it is to increase Australia's military power so that uh, we can work with partners and allies and make war in our part of the world less likely. But the words haven't been followed by action. And a lot of that is because the defence organisation that they're pouring money at is working the same way it was when we're in an era of peace and nothing had to be done in a hurry. So one thing we need to do is change the way defence operates. So when we pour $52 billion into it, like we are this financial year, Mm. we get something out of it. We we still haven't implemented as a government. The government hasn't implemented the white paper on defence yet, has it? It hasn't responded to it. No. So it's had a year. Well... The strategic review that Richard Miles put in place um, was announced in April last year, and he tossed it over to the Defence Department to implement, and quick as a flash, they've kept doing what they were doing before that. (laughs) So really, a lot of the fingers are being pointed politically. You know, people are saying, oh, it was all Morrison's fault, and now it's all Albanese's fault. The real truth is... When you spend $52 billion a year on defence, you should get results. Yeah. And if we're not getting them, it's the way the Defence Department rolls that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. 
Taiwan looks to be one of the world's flashpoints, and um, China has obviously made its ambition regarding Taiwan very, very clear. Is that how you see it, that that is likely to be next, potentially, in terms of where the world focuses and whether China does it initially in an invasion-type scenario or does it more the the computer way with uh, hacking and all the rest? I mean, potentially that's a way for them to destabilise Taiwan, whether it's the uh, the end game or not, but maybe the, the first strike? Well, none of that sort of sneaky subversion and intimidation of Taiwan has really helped Beijing's cause. All that's done is make the Taiwanese population absolutely clear that they don't want to be unified mm. uh, with the mainland, with mainland China on Beijing's terms. So, Beijing hasn't got a plan B at the moment. They just think more intimidation and more coercion might change things. I think that's wrong. But the disturbing thing is if America and uh, America's partners and allies look wobbly on Taiwan, then that might cause Xi Jinping to think his moment has come. Do you think we've got enough focus on preserving our way of life in Australia? I mean, there are people in this country, as you know, go around cutting statues off at the uh, the ankles, and it seems to me that we are our, our priorities are not one hundred percent on the same page. I guess you're always going to have dissent and people who don't always agree. That's that's the nature of life. But um, are our priorities correctly focused? No, I think there's an enormous very unhealthy complacency in chunks of our population, and not just ours, but a lot of the uh, democracies around the world, complacency about how power is used by ruthless autocrats. So just when we see Xi Jinping, Vladimir Putin, uh, the Supreme Leader Khomeini in Iran, and Kim Jong-un getting closer and working more closely together, the Western world is finding it harder and harder to work together And we're distracted by all these um, secondary internal issues, like should we have a statue of Captain Cook up on Queensland? So really, we're taking too much of how our world works for granted, and we need to understand that ruthless, brutal people don't think how we do. Yeah. Just uh, looking at the US and, and what's to come with their election in November, and this report out on Friday describing Biden as uh, uh, an old man with a poor memory, um, that seems to me to be the beginning of the end of his presidency. If you wanted to pick a particular point, it could very well be last Friday or Thursday, their time. Uh, what does then, if if that plays out, what does a Trump presidency, a second Trump presidency look like for the world, do you think? Well, I, I don't think the American people have quite made up their mind yet. I think they would prefer a different candidate yes. to either Biden Correct. or Trump. Yeah. But they're probably not going to get that choice. Mm. Uh, so it's quite feasible that either of them could be elected. If Trump's elected, Donald Trump doesn't know what he's going to do yeah. from moment to moment. So anyone that tells you they know what he's going to do, um, if they're inside his head, they couldn't tell you. Yeah. And that is, that's probably one of the most disturbing things, because big security arrangements like our alliance or the NATO uh, defence alliance between America and Europe rely on certainty and long-term commitment, and Donald Trump is not that kind of guy. Yeah, indeed. We'll wait and see, I suppose, Michael. Appreciate your insights. Thank you. Thanks, Matthew. Michael Shoebridge, Director of Strategic Analysis Australia.